Testing, testing. Darkness, wild Maybe this one is an Avon, but there's two. There's one that looks like an Avon, which I think is this one, and then there's one that's pellets that I think is some sort of Asian no, green no. or black I think tea. If I if I recall, I think I got you guys two different Yvonnes. One is like from one is more maybe fermented and that's the pellet one or something. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So neither that. of them have caffeine. I don't think so, no. Oh, very very interesting. Unless I Wait, unless Do you know the origin of the of the name Yvonne Chai? No. <laughs> I was trying to think if I could make it up. <laughs> it is, yeah. God damn it! I was All just right. like, <laughs> "Well, there goes five solid minutes but, of content." <laughs> but I know that it's like, it's just like you know, found in the wild kind of thing. So like, okay, you think it's, it's just like a plant? A, they were go, they were like picking mushrooms, and then they picked the Avon. Yeah, it's just a plant. Okay. Um, and just like any, just like any herbal tea. Well, yeah, but herbal teas are usually like mixes of plants a lot of times. But yeah, an Yvonne is an actual plant. I think it's like why a flower. Why don't you do some light googling over there? That's why we need a producer. Yeah, who who's googling while we speak? Because now we don't prepare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is actually a good idea. Just have a third person, except they would have to speak Russian and English. <laughs> who's sending us notes like? <laughs> To, to bolster our bullshit conversation. Great. Gretzky. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a plant. has pink flowers. Okay. Um, oh, pretty. I'm getting from it's Wikipedia that the English name is Chamanerion, a genus of flowering plant okay. in the family Anagraceae. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the evening primrose or willow her- herb family. Willow herb. Willow herb. Primrose. Okay. We like that. Um, yeah, we do. <laughs> we love a good primrose. So, it's, yeah, it's like, <sighs> it could, it's just a plant that, like, if you're like a babushka in the village, you could just gather, you know? Or you could and not, you could I do am. it not as a babushka. I wonder if I could have planted that in my garden. Found in the wild. Like, in term, what do you mean could have in terms of, like, the um, climate? Yeah. Let me just see if I can, real quick, can anybody tell me where the name comes from? Yeah, that's what we all Taxonomy? I don't... That's not right. No. You need to just... What if, what if you Google in Russian Ivan Chai etymology? You would think that Wikipedia would have that, right? The Russian Wikipedia? Yeah. It's actually really short. It's like nobody cares about it on Chai. Okay. That's fucked up. Yeah. Fireweed. <laughs> Another name. <laughs> um, etymolog- etymologia. <laughs> this is really good uh, audio content. Okay. 
Um, Everyone, hold up. Offer in the interim. Well, we did receive a, a lovely email from a listener. Oh, yeah. And wait, what was her name? Mrs. Or Lady. Their what name? Is her name? Okay, sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it comes from the Russian Ivan plus Chai. Okay. <laughs> from. Okay, that is extremely annoying. Okay. <laughs> From a listener named Carly. Thank you, Carly. Um, and she asked us a few questions, and we're going to try to answer some of them. So the first one, Lily, which I think you'll be able to answer without any research because you have I not doubt it. I don't remember the question at all. Russian medicine. There's a Russian grocery store near my house, and it seems like Russians are really into their own medicine. Also, what is this breathing over potatoes business? Oh, okay. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there are a lot of, like, folk remedies if that's like what she's talking about um i think she's i think in particular she's saying like there's a russian grocery store near my house and like in america the russians there's yeah yeah okay. she, i think she's in america seem particularly into like having russian medicines is how i interpreted that question but may, maybe i'm, I'm curious though what that is like a like is it like an apteca and do they have like you know like a pharmacy and is it like pills or, or like things that are um you know pharmaceutical companies make or is it like grass because i think because <laughs> i would say that they're like both those both of those things are possible um you know for like russian the russian or post-soviet diaspora um to like both would be like appealing because there's definitely you know kind of folk remedies or something like that and then there's also um specific like specific basic over-the-counter medicines here that you know may or may not be most likely aren't available in the u.s for whatever reasons they're just not produced or they might Can not you give be an example fda approved um i mean the example that comes to to mind is the one that didn't i tell you i like ran around the city trying to get molly this like antiviral drug oh yes but i don't think you told that on the podcast was well, basically like there's a there's a medicine um fuck do you remember what it's called no of course you don't why would you remember definitely not um there okay so there's this there's this antiviral medicine that um Oh, wait. Well, you have got Tommy to flu. That's called okay. to, it's called Tommy flu. I, I was just surprised okay. I found it. My message was so fast. <laughs> um, and or Tamiflu. Have you I, have you heard of that? Because I think it's actually like it sounds familiar. Yeah, to be honest. yeah. And basically, like Molly had had a lot of symptoms of Corona, but didn't actually have Corona. But in, in any case, because she was tested wasn't... two times. Oh wait, yeah. I feel like. Now I'm forgetting if you talked about this on the podcast, but I think it's it's interesting just briefly like what her process was, but like real brief. Okay. Uh, I hope this is allowed. Just <laughs> basically her process, details, her process either. was she was I think I did say she was one of the people who came back from over from from another country. And right. the policy was lock her down for 14 days. And um, the doctors anyone, would like come to her house, right, and check in. Yeah, on her. like like 
um, she was told, she got like a text message or whatever that said like, we, you know, see that you've crossed the border recently, you've come from another country, like you need to wow. isolate yourself for 14 days. And then also um, she was sick, so she did call a doctor. And then, so I don't think the doctor like automatically shows up. I'm, I'm pretty sure that would be too much, but she did call a doctor and then they came and their policy was like, they didn't do a test right away. They were like, let's, um, you should sort of see how it goes for 10 days, I believe was the period. And um, don't leave your house, like that's part of the quarantine thing. And she did that and she got a test and then she got a second test. I think like, like after it was weird and overlapping for her. Cause then her boyfriend came back and they, and he had to quarantine. <laughs> and so with the overlapping quarantines and like the tests, I think it was probably, I mean, it was more than 14 days. Um, okay. and so you were racing around the city. I had to, yeah. So, she, so one of the doctors like, came to check on her and then called her at one point and was like, you need this, you need these two medicines. And one of them was Tamiflu. And okay. she asked me, cause she, she wasn't Tam. leaving the house like at all, like not even to like take the trash out or something. She was, she was with the help of her friends, like completely um, staying inside and the help of truly of, quarantined like, properly of ordering things online. Yeah. Truly quarantined. Um, and she yeah, so I basically, like, I had to go to four pharmacies to try to find this. The first uh, three, they were like, they were like, yeah, no. I mean, they basically made it clear to me that for some reason everyone was buying this drug. And then for some reason. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> like, it was unusual. And then, I like, okay. a couple of them I said, like, do you know when you're gonna get another shipment? Um, and they were like, no. I mean, it's just that very sort of like Russian, I don't know, like don't give any fucks about me. But we were just yeah. like, we're like, maybe, don't know. One of them was like, <laughs> we should have something by next week, but they were basically like, no, bye. And then the fourth thing I went into, I was like pretty hopeless. I lacked hope. But um, I was like, do you by any chance have Tammy flu, Tommy flu, um, and they were like, "Actually, we do." And I was just like, "Oh my god, why?" And they were like, "Yeah, we actually just got a shipment in today." Oh. Um, and so I grabbed that. So normally that's over the counter, and I heard that after that period where everyone was buying it, I guess because it's an antiviral that you know probably helps with some symptoms or whatever. Um, they started making it prescription. Oh, interesting. So you got in right under the wire. Yeah. What What's some other like over the counter things that you've gotten from Russia, Russian pharmacies that you aren't able to get into the states? Like, is that thing that that tablet that dissolves in water that you take when you have a cold? Is that Swedish? Oh, that was Swedish, yeah. But I get vitamin mm. C like that. You can get okay. that in the U.S. Right? Yeah. 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 Hold on. Emergency, baby. Excuse me, sir. 
Ну, вообще, типа, Иван — это, okay. наверное, образ вообще русского человека. Okay, we're gonna go with this theory. Good. Okay, great. It's my theory, actually. <laughs> a Russian producer. <laughs> What boyfriend? I just live alone. It's <laughs> like... Thank you. Um, I just uh, was asking about Ivan Chai, but uh, Pasha was like, he didn't know, and then I just tried my theory out on him, and he said it sounded plausible. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically that um, it's like a very... So Ivan is like the equivalent of like John, literally. Okay. okay. And it's that... That sucks. Like Ivan is... Sorry to all the Johns Wait, out there, but Yvonne is like a much, much better name. Oh. Well, I mean, but in Russian, it sounds like extremely like basic and common. Does it? But does it still sound like aesthetically pleasant? Or no, that's stripped away because of its commonness. What do you mean aesthetically pleasant? I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, you hate the name John? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't actually hate the name John, but it's just insanely I, boring. I, I am trying to figure out like, does the pleasant, the aesthetic pleasantness of a name get stripped away by the commonness in general, and maybe that's actually just the case. But I feel like Yvonne is prettier than John. Yvonne, I Yvonne. It, I can't actually like be a real judge of that because like I don't. I'm not deep, deeply yeah. enough Russian you to be able to right, say. Yeah. Like, I, I, it, for me, it still has that, like, foreignness that makes it less boring. Um, yeah. But, and in any case, it's, it's like, you know, a typical male name, which is, like, the most, yeah. whatever, how we use, like, John and um, Paul. John Smith or whatever. Oh, yeah. No. You know what I mean? As, like, the generic name. So the theory is that basically Ivan Chai is just like the most sort of ubiquitous Russian tea and it's almost mm. like calling it Russian tea. It's like calling it like okay. John tea. <laughs> John tea. <laughs> Ivan Chai. <laughs> I would not drink that. And John what tea. I was what I what I was supporting John my theory tea. with is that Ivan is not only is it the name used just in general as like a kind of your basic guy. Um, it's also in like fairy tales. The oh, character. okay. So it has I feel a, like this tea has a whimsical element. It's fairy tales. It's deeply Russian. You know what I realized that Ivan, this Ivan Chai in particular, smells like manure. <laughs> okay, I kind of know what you mean. I think like this, intensely. Is, this is one that in particular, if one? you smelled this. No, it's not the pellet one. It's the leaf one. Oh, I was thinking it was like the fermentation. Mm. Okay, wait. So t explain um, the breathing on a potato thing. Do you know what oh. that's about? I don't actually... I don't actually know. I've never actually done this, but... And this is something in other Eastern European countries also. It's not only Russian, but it's something about like... I think... Wait, sorry if I'm insulting all the other people. Like, we do not do the potato thing. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like if you have a cold, you like boil potatoes and then you, um, I'm not sure if you have the potatoes still in, but you basically put your head over the pot with oh, the water okay, and like you breathe potatoes. in the vapors and you like cover okay. your head with a towel. And um, when I... And, like, Liz, 
I remember I probably told you this when Liz yes. visited me I from Hungary. Remember. Yeah, and I had a cold or I had some fucked up thing. And um, she did it with not potatoes, but like just like something spicy, right? Yeah, it was like herb. She put like, I think various, I want to say, um, uh, oils and. Oh, and well, she put some of the um, t- Tiger Mom stuff oh. in the water, which was intense, obviously. Yeah. And then, like, so it's, like, steaming up. And then I think we also put, yeah, a few drops of, um, what do you call those? Oils? Essential oils of some sort. Mm-hmm. And did the towel over, and I just, like, put my head over this, like, steaming, intensely fragrant bowl yeah. and, like, put a towel over my head and um, kind of sat there for, like, 15 minutes just breathing. Is it breathing therapy? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, she, I, I guess, wonder what in particular some form of that they hungry. think the potatoes. I wonder what in particular they think the potatoes do. I, I don't know. I know. Because you think a potato is like an extremely nutrient and neutral, like, emitter of things, and it like wouldn't help you. I don't feel it. I don't get like cleansing your sinus vibes from a potato. I know. I don't get it either. I don't know like what, like, starch. Wait, <laughs> you want to go ask Pasha if he knows? Well, yeah, he's never forced it upon me. But actually, Molly's becoming the star of our medicine show. I know that her posh like prepared her that kind of potato thing recently. Oh, posh is the generic name for boyfriend in Russian. Why <laughs> 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 Ну, или ниоткуда. Ага. Ниоткуда, а типа, что это должно делать? Почему картошки считаются полезными? Там скорее не просто про картошку, а пар. Э, продукты, которые сохраняют пар. Э, ну, и типа продукты земли, там все дела. Это как типа камни нагреть. А-а-а. Не, не обязательно это должна быть картошка, но она больше всего подходит. А, то есть ты не, ты не дышишь воду, ты дышишь именно картошки сами? Да, да, да. То есть это типа как нагретые камни, только продукты с земли. Okay. Это моя теория, я не уверен. Alright, we're gonna go with your theory. Okay, goodbye. Shut the door um, I don't understand. Was he like waiting right outside the door to be bent <laughs> down the hall we were, okay. we're still like in the process of cleaning he's like in his like cleaning outfit gloves. um it's not like i have a huge house i just called them no. <laughs> hello he just said like his theory is that first of all it is the actual potatoes that you breathe over i just clarified not the water so okay you know and he said it's not necessarily potatoes but basically he's he's assuming like that it's something about it being like from the earth and being like a mm. product that can hold steam so that it like releases I it. I see. And right. it's like, okay. f- like this earth energy. That's a good theory. Yeah, it's pretty good. Honestly, I'm impressed on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely never thought about it in his life. Um, <laughs> and also he said it reminds him or it seems similar to like the power attributed to like hot rocks. Like okay. they hold Yeah, it's like, it's like a little sauna. A potato yeah. sauna. Potato sauna. Mm. Um, I, when they went to add just about the like prescription or non-prescription, like the Tommy flu stuff, I just remember when I looked just to like circle back to why that might be something you might want and couldn't get in the States. I remember looking it up and it, and it being like, like not like it's specifically produced in 
Russia and maybe some other former Soviet places and isn't approved like by the FDA. The FDA. So I'm pretty sure. And I've seen that with other things too, but I just like don't, I don't buy medicine here really. Like I don't even, I have like, um, this stuff called Norshba. What about your anti-herpes medicine? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Wait, what are you referring to? I, I, I'm just making a joke. Oh, I like, suddenly think about all these. I did have to get some, like, various things. Not Like, after I went to the gynecologist, remember I showed you those, like, oh, yeah. tablets or whatever that I had to use? You didn't show me. You just told me about that. But that was just to, like, balance um, your flora. pH. pH. Oh, okay. Or whatever. My flora and fauna. <laughs> The small elephants in your vagina are not happy. <laughs> they need a special micro environment. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god, that would be so cute. <laughs> if we had elephants in our vagina. Tiny, tiny elephants. Any, like, honestly, any tiny animal is like my favorite thing to imagine. I wish it existed. <laughs> like a really small, like a normal sized animal that becomes really small. Yeah, no, I know. Not like micro things that already exist no. that's disgusting those are disgusting <laughs> those are called bugs <laughs> okay. that's our bugs <laughs> let us move on to another question that carly asked us and if you're uh wanting to help us have content for our new format you can email us as well we will probably answer it we'll okay do so a she terrible says, job of answering our question <laughs> yeah absolutely all based on just lily speculating and not actually knowing okay um, she says, I know some people, I think especially older people, believe that life was better during the Soviet Union. I also observed this when I lived in Germany and talked to older, older adults who lived in East Germany. Is this opinion rare or widespread? What did they like about the Soviet Union, and do any young people share this sentiment? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely there's heavy nostalgia, I think, across... Um, anyone who is over 30 um oh interesting okay i mean it just depends like not not i'm not saying it's like the majority of people but there's that definitely that type of person exists like so like people that were kids during the fall yeah like okay i don't know even so first of all I, I don't think it's across the board for, for older people, like, clear that it was better or something like that. But they have, um, I think, a nostalgia about a certain quality of life and um, yeah. this sort of, like, again, like, it's almost like an economic, yeah, quality of life or, like, economic situation that then was just, like, r destroyed in the 90s. Um, and part of that is like, you know, being able to, so maybe less focus on the ruble, definitely less focus on like the ruble being compared to the dollar and being priced in the dollar because like you wouldn't need to, or the euro or whatever, cause you wouldn't be traveling as much. So you wouldn't necessarily like, you didn't need to think about like how expensive things are in other countries, but that within, so the ruble itself had a lot more like buying power i mean it's just been it's been continuously devalued over the past yeah. 30 years or whatever um <clears throat> and 
that's that's really important because like just like the concept that one ruble bought you something similar to one dollar yeah. for like a long period of time and now it doesn't at all i mean <laughs> now it's 70 rubles to one dollar or whatever now dang it wait do you think that because it like well it's not yeah i have a few questions you're talking about a particular type of like economic nostalgia which like almost i I don't know if you can like be nostalgic for an economy. You can just say like, "Oh, it was better economically." Lifestyle. In some Li- lifestyle. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. quality, quality of, life. yeah. Um, but I also am curious about like there is a particular age range, like thirty to forty-five, maybe or thirty to maybe even fifty, who were teenagers at the time of like perestroika and probably have some sort of like cultural nostalgia about that that time well they're old so okay so wait so they're got to be older if they were teenagers then so pasha's 34 and he was born in 86 okay so so, so like 60 year olds <laughs> yeah. 50 to 60 year olds because no no it, like 50 year olds okay 50 year olds smith can't do mad i mean <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't they're okay so about like Pasha's kind of a good example of someone who he definitely has like a positive overall view of the Soviet Union and gets annoyed with the kind of the like anti-Soviet sentiment that is more prevalent in like generations who were born. Yeah. In like the mid nineties and then up. Okay. Um, It is ironic though that those people, I mean, I can only think of one particular example at this moment, but like fetishize the aesthetic of that time. Who? Well, I'm thinking of uh, Sputnik. Oh, well, Sputnik is the aesthetic of the of there, s- it, Soviet aesthetic? Of, yeah, there does seem to be a general fetishiz- fetish. Oh, that guy's like, like Pasha's age. Right, yeah, that's what, yeah. And then, yeah. but he, the people that are buying his clothes are presumably a little bit younger or or like photography that focuses on like, Soviet wastelands. Oh, yeah, right. But that's part of that is like this new kind of post-Soviet landscape in which the Soviet aesthetics, like the buildings or clothes are being kind of like, especially the buildings are like in ruin or in like not great, a great state or they're in some way kind of like dilapidated and it's like the remnants of an empire and all this stuff. Like that's part of the power of that. You think that, that there is also a component with that where there is some amount of disdain for, or like as... Pasha saying like the hate for the Soviet Union and there's some sort of like vindictive enjoyment of seeing those things in room. Hmm. That's possible, but I feel like that's like a pretty psychological reading of it that I don't think people are necessarily aware of like fully in themselves, maybe like younger generations. I'm just like when when I'm thinking of the youths right now, like I'm talking about like the people who, you know, a few years ago were, like, really into Navalny. And Navalny's kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like, in my perception, at least, his popularity is just, like, plateauing, kind of. Like, he had his moment in 2017, I feel like, was, like, really, really kind of evidently, like, his peak in popularity. And there were big demonstrations in support of him. And all those kids, like, they were, like, you know, at the time, they were, like, maybe in college or like just out. 
So and was you like think early those people 20s. are particularly anti-Soviet? I mean, I think they're... I think those are the people who... Um, maybe they're not overall anti-Soviet, but they think of the Soviet Union as like um, the way sort of the general perception of it in the West is, which is as being like this... Um, oppressive regime that you know infiltrated everyday life and controlled people really intensely and had like dictator figures and and you th- and you think that they're like kind of either implicitly or explicitly drawing comparisons between Soviet leaders and Putin. Yeah, I mean Putin is an extension of Putin, Putin and the people in his government are like an extension of the Soviet system, like for sure. But I just mean that kind of stereotypical way of looking at the whole period of the Soviet Union as like the a, regime. A literal century. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. also overall, like overarching and, and making generalizations about the entire 100-year period and then also just right. thinking of it from the point of view of sort of like the power structures that existed, which isn't what I... When people are nostalgic, they're not nostalgic so much for like the power figures unless it's like Stalin. They're more nostalgic for... <laughs> They're more nostalgic for like what I'm talking about, like everyday life, kind of quotidian yeah. things, lifestyle. And I think like so for Posh, it's kind of funny because like when he but refers, is that, is that I, I keep kind of harping on that, but is that actually nostalgia? Because I feel like nostalgia has a certain element of like romanticism, and I just feel like being like, oh, I wish that I could buy my own house and like things weren't so fucking expensive doesn't feel particularly nostalgic. It feels more practical. It is practical, but I think the way people express it is nostalgic, as in they're okay. like, you know, it was better than or whatever. And right. it's funny right. to me that like Pasha has these sort of like positive feelings about like how everything was in the Soviet Union. Of course, he does have his very cl- like his immediate family who were adults, like his parents and grandparents who can tell him these stories. But realistically, like he was born in 86, so he only spent, you know, like four years or five years. Yeah. As a it's, baby it's kind of growing like up. Yeah. his perception of the Soviet Union is like tainted by the fact that he was also a child and most people view their childhoods with some element of nostalgia. Right. But it's like, can you even count like the first five years? I mean, you have <laughs> memories, but like it's not yeah. a it's yeah. not like, he was not like a child in the same way as people who are 40. But we actually he and I were talking about this recently that like there's something like fucked up about people who are like between 40 and 50 here that we just like I feel like they're like psychologically damaged or something by the fact like that uh, that they were the age they were in the 90s which is like fully cognizant and like they're just kind of like but still forming yeah but still forming and I I don't mean like seeing their futures as like a complete void or yeah whatever a complete unknown yeah very unknown just like very um hyper kind of crisis state um and not that they're fucked up like they're bad people or something but there's something what my personal experience (laughs) meeting people of that age i'm sorry if you're one of those people uh i don't mean to offend you but it feels like nihilistic no, but, like, they're, like, lost or something. Mm. They're, like, lost in time. They, like, don't have, like, the, a cultural sort of, like, basis that makes sense for them. That That's kind of yeah. how it feels. It's almost like, I mean, it's not actually like this, but the people who we saw who were all, were all like, fucked up near Victor Soy's grave, they're that age. Yeah, that's true. It It's really, it is really intense because the years leading up to the, dissolution are like um 
particularly like culturally influential in a way it seems like and like exciting and like being a teen then would have been like really exciting and new and it's like all this stuff is happening and it feels like important and you're starting to get influence from the west and then like that just gets completely decimated in like the following years you mean wait the exciting things were at the, in the beginning like the end of the 80s beginning of the 90s yeah yeah, like, it feels exciting. You're like, the West, a little bit of the West, and, like, Russian culture hybridizing with the West, and that, like, probably felt exciting. And you're, like, a teenager, and f things feel, like, kind of Wild Westy, and then it, like, the logical end of that is, like, economic ruin, and probably, I don't know, like, what the cultural scene was during the 90s, but it seems like it was it was like brutal, probably. I don't what? know brutal i don't know yeah like people didn't have money to make stuff presumably i mean it's like you should just watch brother <laughs> brother i mean i did watch brother i i actually brother is to such watch... a weird way of, like it sounds so weird anyway brat. brat i had watched when we did that episode originally which was like almost two years ago now i'd watched like almost all of it and then i was watching it up until the point we were about to start the episode so i need i want to go back and watch what it. episode when we tried to do the movie episode with Nastia and oh, then fucking Zencaster deleted it. Die, die, die. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like we, everyone talks oh, about that movie okay. as being like so, you know, like representative of like the, okay. of Lenin, I mean, of Petersburg in the 90s, which was like, you know, yeah, really poor, um, a lot of petty crime. and non-petty crime. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also like, yeah, these groups of, people who are hanging out and like partying and just like kind of like I mean teenagers young people yeah. um, or like early 20s or whatever who were like musicians and artists and um there was you know it's not like there that does goes away like obviously there are creative people all the time um but just that it was really dark <laughs> around kind of and a lot of people yeah. like struggling and then there's also you know like the experiences of like Pasha's small town where people just start doing like like a lot a large group of his age people just started doing like really fucked up drugs like that are I don't even know what they are that are just like really cheap to make and you can make them yourselves out of some kind of like chemicals you know what I mean that yeah. you like <laughs> extract from something like I, some sort of Russian meth I, yeah I feel like it's like ah, it's like worse than that I don't even know and then like that that type of thing just adds to the sort of like darkness or the economic situation um and, yeah, and they didn't even have like shiny shit to look at like I feel like when the west <laughs> is going through some sort of like decimation era it's like we're all distracted by whatever you know as you would say bread and circus situation but the russians in the 90s didn't even have i that. mean i mean they had i mean what what is shiny like i mean in petersburg there's like at least beautiful buildings even though they were like going to shit at least there's like no i'm i mean superficially shiny like okay like bread and circus like distracting yeah. things yeah yeah like trump like yeah like trump like phones i don't know all that shit. i mean we i had a oh i wanted to make a comment because it's funny that that age group is this similar age group to people that immigrated from the soviet union as children see like the gessens or something and it's 
it's but it's just it's funny to think it's like you're saying okay these people have a certain like lost quality about them because their foundation was unstable at the time that they were like adolescents yeah that's my generalization of the like people right. I met. no i know it's fine it's our podcast so we're allowed to say whatever bullshit we want yeah. and i'm just curious like if that um sort of psychological state has permeated these people that quote unquote like fled the soviet union or if or if they just, or if that uh, like emotional register got wiped out for them by the experience of being immigrants. I mean, yeah, it probably just made it worse. But I mean, but at least then they get to have the Russian government and Putin as this sort of like evil true. counter to their life in a way that is solidifying, even if it's like erroneous. Yes, that's true. As in, like their identity is built on being against the current, um, right? You know situation in Russia even though they're not involved in it and not threatened by it and that's always the case it's like criticized yeah. from the outside um not actually though when, when you have when you have people who are um you do have people who are able to criticize from the inside and it feels more legitimate or people who are like legitimately outside like uh, Shari Shari um Shari who like has a number of cases actively against him like he can't just go back to ukraine because he'll be yeah arrested yeah. <laughs> i mean um, there is a difference i feel like there's a particular class of people that enjoys like self-exiling and then calling it exile it's like okay well there's a spectrum of exile <laughs> yeah like the fucking so-called oligarchs who go to london and just like <laughs> exile for themselves or like i was being persecuted because i got so rich off of like the backs of everyone in russia <laughs> off doing great deeds yeah i know that yeah that's but then they like, like so i had to run away exiled if you have billions of dollars sorry Putin you're a citizen of the world at that point <laughs> we okay so They're one other question i have on this topic is what was the like when your host mom would reference the soviet union what was like the general underlying judgment of it is that possible to yeah summarize? so my host mom definitely always had a negative tint to referencing the soviet union um but not full-blown like she because she basically just had like a lot of perspective remember she has like an encyclopedic memory she would tell me like historical stories of the czars and much longer history than the soviet union um or like, That's a really cool skill for women to have. I feel like that tends to be a male skill. Storytelling? Really? Not storytelling necessarily, but encyclopedic knowledge that you can just pull from. Yeah, actually, I didn't, th I didn't think about that. Yeah, maybe we do kind of associate that with, like, mansplaining or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but continue. But yeah, it is really, really cool. Yeah, and so she... I just remember her telling, like, kind of these little sort of like scary stories and memories like that story about like I think it was her or like someone it, it's always confusing like there was always a blend of like is it a story about you personally or is it a story about a person who like is a general person is that because is that because her style of telling stories is intentionally that way or your Russian was just bad when you were 19 <laughs> <laughs> no I think I think this is such a weird thing for me to like try to access right now but I'm pretty sure what it was was that she was telling the story in a general like narrating way okay and I like assumed it was a memory because it was so deeply detailed 
I see. Okay. I mean, except for the like czar stuff. <laughs> you remember your interaction with like <laughs> Catherine the Great. Um, but like she, for example, I remember her telling about um, like I I think it was her as like a little girl like singing some song that was like about Stalin and then getting in trouble for it. Or maybe the song was a like negative song about Stalin. Stalin. Yeah, something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, I do remember this story. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so like, how how old is she now? Just so the listeners understand that this person isn't like our parents' age. She's like late seventies, eighties. She she's in her seventies. I would I would okay. say she's about ten years older than our parents. Okay. Ten fifteen. So depending on during the during the like dissolution, she was in her forties. In the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And had like kids. Yes, she has two daughters. Okay. okay. Um. She was like, she's, she was an engineer, I believe, in a factory. Okay. Um, just a very Soviet job. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, she, so, so I remember these sort of tinges kind of negativity, and it's also interesting mm. to me, like, how much I was layering that on, because, like, I was more kind of negative at the time yeah. um, about, you know, the scary Soviet past, just in a general, like, Western way. Mm-hmm. Um and but at the same time you know like I knew that she had that apartment which is in a very like now a very expensive neighborhood um and it, and it was like given to her two it's three bedrooms yeah and okay. it was uh or three there's no living room like three rooms um <laughs> three rooms in a kitchen and it was yeah it was at some point she received it probably like Again, like, I can't remember the story with her, but because of, like, where she worked and the type of, you know, benefits yeah. that you get, you were, like, in some way provided for. And there's sort of, like, so she understands that there are, like, these very large benefits um, right. under that system. Whenever I think about people receiving apartments to keep forever from the government, it like is actually insane when I think about it. It's, I'm like, and it was I can't, so common. It seems fantastical or something. I know. That like, just a regular person would get it because of their job at the factory. Yeah, like I, I remember um, Tasha telling me that his grandma, his grandparents, um, they, they worked together at some point at a... Um, Laundry, I remember laundry. this, laundry place. Yeah, dry yeah. cleaning. Yeah. And they received an apartment because they were a young couple. <laughs> you're like, I'm a young couple. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you receive the apartment because you're like, in, it, the state wants to encourage you to like make a family. Right. They and they're like, having... well, you need an apartment. Wait, they didn't even it. have any kids. Wait. Yeah, because I think at that point she already had Pasha's mom, but still, just like, okay. they don't like just follow up. Did you make any babies? <laughs> <laughs> so that's crazy like that 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 was super common for various reasons so now you have all these older people who are at least you know not homeless which is like makes yeah the situation like now much much better yeah um, most people of that age are not paying rent they're you know paying utilities it's um, like you might not have a pension but you have an apartment yeah. so be great or your pension's very small but like um but yeah y- you sort of the system the leftover system ends up being very kind of like impactful and I don't know what's going to happen to like 
the next generations of older people who right. didn't have that experience because it's not really like the, although it, it would honestly be the like lost generation is is gonna also be fucked when they're older yeah i don't know i mean they didn't get still, to get like fancy tech jobs yeah and, and there's still there's definitely you know like a robust social service system still that that remains even after privatization and everything and like transforming into like a semi whatever I mean into a capitalist system um is that like some of the benefits of like you know remember like if if you're if you're a, a family with a lot of children you get like money or you get like money per month per child or something is that still true yeah oh okay chill um you I think you can even get housing in some way still. You can, actually. It, like, if you fall into s- certain categories that are, like, more um, precarious or whatever, like, more in need, yeah. you can, uh, I think, sort of, like, enter a lottery kind of thing. And you, you can, you, like, the, the system of, like, what we are, like, subsidized housing type of system is more similar to their soviet version and i think you can actually still receive an apartment like not let you like just have to pay cheaper rent or whatever yeah in like a horrible building yeah so um but my whole mom like good i don't know i just i was trying to remember she just had i remember her also talking about how shitty the 90s were um and like when people were like the devaluation or the the point where like people where money was so devalued or like inflation was so high that um you know people were getting like paid in the thing that their factory made that stuff um i wanted to give you an update on petersburg quarantine oh, okay which is that literally nobody cares anymore Oh no! Yeah. It's <laughs> Wait. So they cared for like two weeks. Well, they were like, I don't we care, actually, we care, okay, we don't care. I mean, officially, everyone still cares. Like the rules are still in place, and nothing's changed. If anything, probably there are p- potentially increased rules, and there's still fines for all this stuff. But I just mean like, if in the beginning, when I would like go outside, it would, fe- it, I had this sense that the streets were more empty, and like you know, stuff like that. Now I have the sense that the streets are completely normal like (laughs) are people wearing gloves or masks or anything more masks than normal okay (laughs) but like even that's i don't know yeah i definitely see people in masks but like basically like today for example um i went so all the stores are still closed like restaurants and stores and everything that's all still the case and like you know Parks are still closed, but, like, the park that I had told you about before that somebody just tore down the sign, mm-hmm. completely full of people. Like, it just completely no was there, regard. You think there was a thing that, like, triggered people to resume or or they just... No, I think it's just time. Like, I think nobody was actually following the rules and just, like, they're not following them still. And I think it's just sort of a... Maybe in the beginning there was a little more fear of okay. consequence. I... Like, the other day, I saw two cops walking through the park, and I, like, think it was less full at that time, but I didn't see them giving anyone a ticket, and I was just like... "Is What's the status in Moscow? Like, I thought that they were going hard there. 
Wait, say that again? What's the status in Moscow? What? Yeah. Like, you would think that the Petersburg would, to an extent, mirror what's going on in Moscow, or have people realized that they're not going to do in Petersburg what they've done in Moscow? Well, they certainly, there's no guarantee they're not going to do that. And in Moscow, it's definitely um, more, uh, people are following the rules more now that that, like, system is in place with the passes or whatever. And now you have to, now you have to, like, register your pass with either your transport card, like your okay. metro card, essentially, but it's for okay. all transport, or your um, uh, your car, like your license plate number. Mm. So now it's like they're just sort of fixing the issues they already had and um, trying to get it so they don't have to have, like now they don't have lines to check people at the metro. Okay. Um, but at least, it, so they're sort of in, improving the implementation. But like, yeah, I think because of that strictness, like, um, you know, what I hear from, what I hear from my local Moscow YouTube bloggers is that things are definitely more empty and like, you know, yeah. just it's working more. Um, but of course, like essential workers are out and about and doing their thing, but they have these passes. And like in Petersburg, I just, especially in the last week, I just feel like it's just, I don't know what it is, like just the matter of time, but like that people aren't feeling the urgency and there isn't, there aren't as strict rules. So, um, oh my God, like the other day we were biking at night, um, just to go on a bike ride and also because you would think at night that there would be fewer people out. But um, first of all, so there's this bike path along the river that's okay. really nice. And it's right now in Petersburg every year at this time, there is um, uh, the season when everyone like eats this one particular small fish. Oh, Kordoshka. Okay. Why, um, just because it's in season at that time or for it's in season. Uh, religious purposes? No, no, it's in season. Like, you can okay. just, like, catch it really easily. There's, just like, a million. Out of the like, canals? Making their... Do people fish out of the canals? I mean, That's yes, kind of disgusting, but the river right? more. The river, yeah. Okay, okay. The Neva. Um, and Neva. then, like, probably, you know, I mean, we're on a gulf and, like, you know, you don't actually really want to eat things from the river. So, like, maybe restaurants are getting them somewhere else that's further out in the Finnish Gulf. Um, but basically, there must be like their migration period or whatever. And um, I'm trying to look up the English name real quick. And they're like little silver fish. How big? They're called European smelt. <laughs> uh, how big? Like four inches oh. long? Oh, small. Yeah, like little anchovies or something. Okay. But silver. Um, and they're really yummy. And basically in Kordoshka season, people just like, you know, every restaurant, every food provider, whatever, has those on the menu. And they fry them in like okay. batter. They're really, really good. Whole? Yeah. And you just eat them whole. With the skin? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, all fish are like descaled and everything, you know, how that works. Oh, they're descaled. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't think like sardines and anchovies oh, maybe not are descaled, like small are they? fish. Okay, let's not. We don't know. What we're talking about. In any <laughs> yeah. case, they're like basically fully whole. I mean, you like eat the head and the tail and everything. It like look like oh, a small shit. fried okay. fish. Okay. Um, they're really yummy, and so, well, so we were biking along the. We like crossed the bridge to then come down to the waterfront with that that bike path, and the entire waterfront in like the central part of the river. It was just full of people fishing at night for those fish. Oh, my God. Okay. And you, you, it's, like, specific. Like, we, I was, like, 
I like asked Pasha what I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> I've seen fishermen on the river. I mean, they're always fishermen, like here and yeah. there, just normal. But it was but like they, packed with people. It was just like crowds, like hanging out, and this is obviously their like oh tradition. Oh my god! No, I mean not crowds, but like little groups of people. Groups like along yeah. the whole entire <laughs> thing in um, embankment, and they have specific like sort of they have these nets that look like a very small they look exactly like a very small structure of a of a tent like a camping tent that's like with two uh metal rod things that curve okay you know what i mean okay yeah, yeah. that's what poles, it looks like tent poles. yeah two like crossover tent poles but it's okay. small and then it has like some you know very small netting um oh, that's how they're it's not with a pole it's a they're like scooping them out scooping. of the water. There's like so many. Of them. Oh yeah. my god! Wow. Yeah. Wait, can you it, see if you go up to the river? Can you see them under the surface? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> um, but in any case, so, yeah. And Pasha was like, "Oh, those are like Kordishka fishers. Like that's and what it's they're specifically doing. a nighttime activity, or I like guess a dusk." So. I, I guess yeah. It must be because of like the timing of their activity, but it also might be. Um, well, I was going to say maybe they were doing that because, like, they would less Work easily get caught. But, like, oh. I don't think so. Because it's not legal? No, because of the quarantine situation. Oh, oh, oh. But, but I, don't, I don't really think so. I actually think it's more just, like, that that's what they always do and they just haven't changed their behavior. Is it a bit of a party? Like, are people drinking and, like, yeah. talking loudly and stuff? Yes, it's, like, a social okay. thing. Okay. And, like, yeah, definitely. Like, each group is, like, hanging out. And then... Um, we're like biking past them, and the very end, before like the next bridge, um, I see two cops like riding up one of oh. the groups. Okay. And but just like, I was just like, are they gonna go right now? Are those cops gonna like walk down the entire embankment and like give everyone fines, or like is every what's gonna happen? Like I have yeah. no idea. Um. And yeah, I just sort of get the sense that again, like, remember that quote about the implementation of the law yeah like like russians in particular are predisposed to not believe that laws are real because the implementation tends to be poor poor or you can or erratic pay a bribe and be able to do it anyway that's less than the fine or whatever it is so yeah um and and i just think like that's just an example perfect example of like the attitude in petersburg that i seem to be seeing which is that um people just would rather they're just more sort of like continuing on their regular scheduled things that they want to be doing um and not really like being worried about it Mm -hmm. um either being worried about being caught or being worried about the virus which is like it's it's unfortunate and and i heard that like petersburg has like the worst um infection rate no, no, no. Moscow has the highest rate right Ho- now, but hospitalization. No, to, just like, uh, survival. Quarantine behavior. Oh, <laughs> like people are the most like don't give a fuck. Mm, that's in interesting. Russia. I so, wonder what's specific about Petersburg mentality that it causes. I that also wonder. I mean, I understand like again like with the restrictions in some places, it's just not practical to like say fuck you because you don't want to pay these big fines. Um, but here there are also fines and people are paying them, so it, it's unclear. I just want to mm. say one more thing about, like, quarantine or uh, corona update, which is that this really... Okay, I didn't look into this too much, but I just learned about it. I was really excited. Um, apparently... Okay, so 
Yandex again for the win. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, I'm a Yandex A benevolent <laughs> tech overlord. Yeah. So on Yandex Maps, there is a function. Um, there's like a, there's not the regular map. I think it's the um, like navigator map, like for when you are driving. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is separate for some reason, I think. So in any case, they have this function where you can write a comment in, you can like pick a spot on the map and then write a comment, like any user. And it, it shows your little comment to okay. everyone who uses the app. Okay. You're saying, so basically people usually use that to be like, there's an accident here or um, like a cop patrol is waiting here. Like stuff like that. Okay. People like yeah, inform yeah. each other. That's like how um, uh, wave ways. Yeah, ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think, but Yandex is like very ubiquitous here. So it, it gives it sort of this like really mass sense. And people started, so you don't have to be physically located in the place where you put the little comment at the moment that okay. you do it. You just pick a, pa- a place. Okay. And people started doing virtual protests. <sighs> no, I. it's cool. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it I, is. I don't like virtual shit. I know, but just like the concept to me was like, at first I thought when I saw like screenshots of it, it looks like, you know, a map with these little bubbles, like speech okay. bubbles. Okay. And it looked, there was like this cluster of speech bubbles, like in particular sort of squares where normally there would be protests. Um... And at first I was like, I, I thought that that meant people were actually gathering. And I was like, those idiots. Like, what? <laughs> and then I found out that they were just writing like, you know, whatever it is they want, their like slogan, what they would have on their um, What is the slogan? Poster. Whatever the fuck you want. Like, but like, what is the, what is the type of protest? Like it has to do with Corona or no? I think they were like a mix of, you know, like, Putin should resign and like anti-government mm-hmm. things um, and probably also people who are like um, complaining about the quarantine and like the situation um, like Russians are not getting any kind of you know $1,200 checks or anything like that oh, they're not getting money yeah. um, there is like support and money going to some businesses and small businesses and stuff like that as far as I know um, you know like some whatever there was some bill passed uh but not like the way some other countries like the u.s are able to to just like send a chunk of money to everyone who makes under a certain amount but honestly like the u.s is obviously a bad example because they just print money and that i don't think that that's how they did that isn't that's insane no yeah what do you mean they printed money no i don't i mean how like all of the recent stimulus things whatever are just like trillions of dollars that were just like created. Oh, I just always assumed that they borrow money from other countries or they reroute money, tax money. I don't think they're printing. Haven't you seen the money printer goes burr meme? No, no, I have not. Well, at any rate, I feel like protests are embarrassing in general, and the idea of a virtual protest deeply embarrasses me. Well, you'll be happy to know that that Yandex eventually shut it down. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you, Yandex. I knew I loved them. Closing down the voice of the people just like I like. (laughs) 
I can't believe you don't know the U.S. prints money. I'm excited to send I mean, you. I mean, I know a that they article. print money, but I didn't think that they printed like a trillion dollars. They did. The, the, what's happening in the but U.S. right now? what about the value of the dollar? Yeah, what's happening? Like, yeah, exactly. Because like we're the only country that can do that because everyone because the dollar is the like peg, um, peg reserve currency and also um, settlement currency in so many cases for like cross border stuff. And that that's the only reason that we could do that. It's so fucked up. I mean, like, yeah, ah, like if, the power if Russia of being prints the money, number one country in the world. Yes, but but like all of the right now. The cutting of interest rates to first like almost zero and then negative, and the intense like huge stimulus package. I think there were like three big moments where like money was injected um, by the Fed. Those are like record like crazy things. They're like mm-hmm. very 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 rare. Um, not that the U.S. hasn't done that before, obviously, but like like I mean the interest rate the like making negative or even no, not even negative cutting interest rates hadn't happened before since like um 2008 and then before that since September 11th like they're just really it's really fucked up right now cannot be overestimated how fucked up it is <laughs> not possible to overestimate okay let us uh, wrap up because i have a dirt to men here <laughs>